0: I don't think the market really matters and the city matters. I think it's just about trying to be a solution for someone's problem.
1: You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now, your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.
2: Hey right Club Nation it's Sarah Larby here and Alfonso Salemi and today's guest is Ryan Laurentiis, who is now living and investing in London and only 32 and has got ton of properties including some commercial as well and he's him and his wife Courtney are doing tremendous and uh, doing some great things.
1: Yeah, guys, you're really going to like this. Guys and girls out there, you're really going to love this podcast. He sheds a lot of light on how you can maximize the cash flow out of your multi-unit buildings. Some tips that specifically reach out to me, like the rent being too low and getting a lot of applicants, that kind of stuff. But he touches on those things. And the key point that I really like, Sarah, and maybe you can add on what you liked, was he kept on talking about investing in yourself, right? Keep on growing. And, And he even said, there's arguments between him and his his spouse Courtney that are also business partners right and they're they're pushing each other to grow right and it really talks to about the right club and how we want you to come grow with us right so that's that's what he's talking about is pushing that what was what was your biggest takeaway Sarah the thing I love
2: the most is that Courtney was also able to quit her full-time job, and now they're both there doing this together full-time, and they're only 32, and I just find that so inspiring. They just started investing in 2015, and they just kept going and pushed themselves out of their comfort zone, and look where they are today, and to me, that is amazing. What about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know what? Like I said, we've known Ryan well, I know me personally, I've known Ryan for a while now, and, and we've actually invested in a duplex together with myself and my business partner, Adam, through JAG, right? So, and, you know, it's just straight up what, what you see is what you get, and we're, we're just talking brass tacks, right? Like, it's the it's the numbers. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how it's going to work. If it doesn't, here's plan B. Here's plan C. Here's plan D. And it's just, yeah, very systematic and proven systems that, you can apply to whatever city, and he talks about that. It doesn't matter the price, the city, the area. There's general principles that apply, and then really focus in on that target market that you want to go to, right? So.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm really excited to go through this interview, and just keep in mind, guys, if you want to speak to Ryan in person, he's presenting on February 21st at the Right Club. And he also offered an amazing calculator or tool or spreadsheet that has helped him tremendously. So you can just email him and he offered to give that to you guys for free, which is amazing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, really looking forward to having on the 21st, but guys, enjoy the podcast. And here we go with Ryan. All right. And welcome, Ryan. Thanks so much for joining Sarah and I on the podcast today. We're really excited to have you on. Yes. Thanks. i excited to be here. You look sharp and dapper as always. I'm always trying to keep up with you, Ryan. And, and of course, Sarah, I think it's like the roles between two thorns, right? So thanks so much for joining us, Ryan. Now, talk to us a little bit about DCI properties, maybe first how you kind of got started in real estate, your first experiences. Well, uh, Courtney and I were living in Toronto
0: and I was selling, she was doing her job and we had been saving quite a bit of money and stacking it away. And we had it in RSPs and TFSAs. and, And as it grew and grew, we started going around to some different banks to find out more about how we can make it grow. And, I felt like the more that we asked about that on the banking side, the less people seemed to know. And we just wanted a more direct approach. So we started going out to a bunch of real estate events. We started going out to rain. We started going out. So right. We started going out to a bunch of different meetups and started being as much as we possibly could around real estate. Cause it seemed to be the thing that tied together all of successful people that have made millions and millions of dollars. They always seem to have real estate tucked away somewhere in that portfolio. So that's it. We request uh, a thirst for knowledge and uh, we just started grinding and and doing some deals after that.
2: So that's awesome. So you and Courtney both started in this together and was she as well on board from day one?
0: She was because she's been a big proponent of investing her money from day one. It just became a different vehicle. So we just saw that we weren't getting the returns that we wanted out of banking our money. And kind of getting pushed around between different advisors. And we said, why don't we take control of our own, of our own assets and our own money and start, you know, learning as much as we can about it. So she's been on board and she's now working full time with me on the real estate business. She's now left her job and wow. we're now doing this, doing this full time.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And just so, so for reference for, for our guests, how long did you start your journey? How long ago?
0: Well, the learning journey probably started in 2015. The act of doing deals, I guess, was late 2015, early 2016.
2: Okay, so you took action pretty quickly. That's awesome. So what was your first investment?
0: Our first investment was actually on, on the Cambridge property. We did a duplex in Cambridge. And yeah, we flipped one half. The other half was in pretty good shape, so it didn't need any work. And then uh, that thing has been sitting pretty quiet and nice and just kind of do, doing its thing. So we got great tenants in there. Both previous were, were homeowners. We don't hear from them ever, really. Pretty, it's pretty nice and we check in once a quarter to make sure the property hasn't fallen apart. But I uh, know it's good. That, that place has been a nice little, just kind of sits and chills.
1: Cool, and what gave you the encouragement or the, the inspiration to go ahead and pull the trigger? Like you said, you know, Sarah mentioned, you took action rather quickly. A lot of people, get caught up in reading books and, and talking to different people. You mentioned you went out to a bunch of different networking events and you called it soul, right? So that's, that makes it, OG. Oh, it's the right club now, but that makes it, you know, what actually made you pull the trigger and do the deal and say, yeah, and, and had the confidence to do it.
0: You know, it's funny. It was really difficult. Courtney and I had a lot of nights before we pulled the trigger on that deal. We were wondering if this is the right move. I didn't mention this, but we actually liquidated a lot of our RSP money to do that. So we actually so. Not only did we pull the trigger, we actually took quite a big of a hit hit, pulling money from our RSPs into cash to do that. So it was a big leap of faith. But I think the, the main thing we did is just surround ourselves with people that were doing it on a daily basis or on a monthly basis and just started asking questions. And I think the more that we got around them, the more we felt comfortable doing it ourselves. And I think that that's the case with anything. I think confidence kind of like energy and it just flows out of people. And I think the more you get around the right people that are doing that and real estate, such a cool business too. I mean, you tell me how to do a deal in real estate and I go out and make some money. You tell me what stock to invest in and I'm, I'm in jail, right? So it's it's (laughs) that we can share information with each other and, help each other out. And the real estate business just seems to be one where people just want to share. And it's pretty cool.
2: It is. I find that when people are successful and somebody else asks questions, they're going to want to help. Like I love helping others because at the end of the day, no one person is going to be able to buy every single property. It's actually, I look at everybody as like, maybe we're going to joint venture or buy a deal together down the road. It's not competition, right? It's that, you know, for me when someone's like, Oh my god, why are you telling them the deal that you want? I'm like, they would lose the brand and they would lose more by going and stealing a deal that you're like looking at and that reputation is everything. And so I'm not worried. Like I, I talk about the deals that I'm looking at doing and and it's always been okay. And I think that is the, the awesome part is when you're in this game, for the most part, I mean there's always some exceptions, but I think everybody is really helpful and wants to do, you know, what they can to help others succeed too.
1: And that's a great point, Sarah. And when we're out there and meeting all these different people, you meet so many cool people that complement the skills and attributes that you have and to fill in those blanks that you don't, right? So obviously you and Courtney, you're married. There's some good relations there. But in terms of like your business, what are some things that you guys compliment each other that maybe that you do well, and that she compliments you that she does well, right? And lack those things. That's actually
0: a great question. So over the past month or so, that's actually the area that we've been focusing our most time and attention on is really learning how to scale and systematize the business. And part of that required Courtney and I figuring out what our unique abilities are and where we sort of fit within our lane. So we actually did something called a Colby test and I'm not sure if you guys have ever done one or you, what, are you, what was it called? Say that again. It's called a Colby.
2: K-O-B? Yes. Okay.
0: And it's most people think it's a personality test. It's not. It, the test really measures how you react to certain situations and certain problems, and where your brain first goes to do it. So I think in, in taking that, I and mean, we've worked with someone who's been helping us on that front. We learned that well, which we we kind of already knew. Courtney is more of the doer. She's the implementer, and she's the person that's going to take my ideas and my vision for where we want to go with the company and put them into action. And then my job, I'm, I'm the visionary and I'm the salesperson. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm the guy that's out hustling and bustling and finding deals. And she's kind of helping on the back end with doing the accounting and, and doing stuff that actually helps us get to where we want to go. So it's been a pretty unique process being able to kind of learn how that adapts. So we've actually now brought someone on board as well who's been helping us out with some of our marketing and IT stuff. Again, an area that we're weak, we're now shoring up with someone that, that is a little bit stronger in those areas.
2: That's amazing. I mean, I would love to do that as well. Like it seems like, so one of the things I would say is it's, it's really cool how you seem to complement each other so well. I mean, you've got vision and she's the active doer, putting, implementing on the vision and helping you do that. And so great job. It's uh, it's sometimes hard for couples to be on the same page when it comes to that stuff, but you guys are a prime example of, of a couple that are doing it and actively pursuing uh your dream together and and it's just amazing to see
0: let me let me add to that sarah i'll say on the outside everything always appears to be like it's (laughs) let me tell you courtney and i have tons of fights and there's not without some tears here and there and uh you know some bickering back and forth but I do think we complement each other pretty well. I think the key thing that we have is really good communication. So even when we're at each other, I think we can pretty quickly snap out of it and kind of come back to, okay, you know what, this is supposed to be fun and let's enjoy kind of what we're doing and working together. But it's not for everyone. I, I don't I don't think like it's it's really hard to work with your spouse every day, day in, day out. So, cool. and-,
1: and you know what, like fortunately, I've gotten to know you and Courtney, like from a personal side as well too, and kind of seen you guys interacting together and and I think the key part is that your goals are so aligned. Sometimes yes. the routes are a little bit different on how you're gonna get there, but you're still you're still aiming for that same goal, that same that same lifestyle, that what, what you guys want to attain, right? So that you guys are pushing each other to get better. It's not because you're fighting just because, right? You're 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 fighting to to push each other to, to make your, yourselves go from good to great, right? I think that's yes. a book as well, too. He's but so uh, supportive. Like we literally
0: picked up our entire lives we moved from toronto to london october 3rd well i did she came a month and a half later because she was still working and had to finish up a couple things at her job but we moved out here so that we could build out a real estate business and that was an easy easy thing all of our family and friends they're all in toronto everything we've ever known has been in toronto you know that's where we we first met and where we were living and yeah i mean it's a a big leap but she like she's on board
2: amazing
0: yeah that's awesome
2: so what does your portfolio consist of these days? Right
0: now, so when we first started, we were doing a lot of uh, buy and hold on multifamily, and we're still doing some of that. We have about 20 units right now, and we're actually looking at locking up another 12 probably here in the next month and a half. That's been more on the, on the passive side of our business, but in the last sort of three months, we've really been trying to gear up the active side of our business on some uh, flips and wholesale deals. So we got about, we have five right now that are closing uh, between Thursday, so Jan 17th and February 15th. Wow.
2: I was just asking what the, uh, the, what the portfolio looks like these days, but that is pretty cool with the wholesaling piece. Is that yeah. just because you can't flip everything that you want and you're, you're still getting some good deals you wanna pass them on?
0: Exactly. Yeah. We've actually been investing a lot more money on our marketing so that we can get out that we're active here in London and and we're really being specific with the territory we're in. So not only that, we're being specific with the neighborhoods that we're in. So we specifically want deals in certain neighborhoods in London and we're pumping out like five to six K a month in marketing so that we can come across those deals. And you're right. we We can't purchase them all ourselves but we're trying to build up our network by coming out to things like the right club and other events so that we can build up our network of people who are potentially looking for deals, but can't be out on the ground every day in the city that they want to invest in looking around and just going through properties. So yeah. So right now the, the board's pretty full, but it should clear up in a couple of weeks.
1: Well, and what advice would you give to, to some of the listeners that are saying, Oh, it's so hard to buy deals. You know what? It was easy three years ago and five years ago and 10 years ago or whenever it was. And, What would you say to those people today that are out there looking for deals or saying it's tough out there to go and find them, right? What would be your advice? I know this sounds probably counterintuitive,
0: but I think after doing this for a little bit, I would honestly say that the price and the property don't really matter. And that if you're looking for a real deal, you need to be able to provide somebody with a solution to a problem. And and if they're in a situation where they need to sell a property for whatever reason, you're essentially taking on the role of almost a counselor to kind of help them through that and figure out a solution. So I'll give you an example. Today or yesterday, we locked up a new deal and the person, their biggest obstacle was that they need to find a place to rent and couldn't come up with first and last down payment to move into the place that they want. And they were having a problem with that. So Courtney and I reached out to all of our contacts that we know in London that are all property managers. We found her a great one bedroom unit that she wants to move into that's all inclusive. So it's gonna cut her monthly cost down because her mortgage was becoming a little bit much for her. And we're helping her out on, on the first and, and last month down payment so that she can make that move. So it's really about getting creative on how you can help people out. But yeah, I think you gotta you just what is what's the what's the phrase? It's not it's not about the resources, it's about the resourcefulness and just you know, trying to find new ways. MLS is good. And you can rely on that and you can rely on, on, on realtors. Sometimes you can't. We locked up two properties um, last month off Kijiji for sale by owner. People just looking to avoid realtor fees, or just looking to sell deals privately. And so I think if you look, it's out there. I don't think the market really matters and the city matters. I think it's just about trying to be a solution for someone's problem.
2: Okay. Okay, cool. Now you're going to be speaking February 21st at the Right Club. Yeah. Where are covering? You-
0: well, I think the majority of what I'm going to cover is around maximizing cash flow in small multifamily buildings and really just maximizing cash flow in any property. So we have some pretty cool tips and tricks that we use to try and push the, the limit of what our units can get. I mean, right now, where most people would probably be comfortable with that $100 a door as we hear a lot of people say, our units are getting around $350 a door. And that's just because we have some unique ways on how we can increase income and decrease expenses on those different Can you give us one or two tips? Yes. I'll give you the main one is that you're probably renting your spot too low. That would, I would say is the number one thing that I find for every landlord across the board, they don't know how to properly market their rental units. If you don't have a good tenant negotiating with you on the rent, you're not charging enough. Oh. And if you are getting 20, 30, people wanna brag about getting 20, 30 applications for one rental unit, well guess what? You're renting it too low. You have too many people. It's and man, if you really wanna rent a unit at the right price, you should probably have about four to five people that are really good qualified. Because the other thing, if you set it at a higher price, it's going to deter all the people that you don't want anyway. So you should probably have about four or five people that you're looking at giving this unit to at a higher price. And one of those two people that you really like should be trying to bargain with you on a few dollars here and there on
1: something. Then you know you set it at the right price. Ryan, that's awesome. That's like phenomenal advice. And you know what, I'm living that example that you're just talking about right now is the triplex I have in Hamilton, like you just said, I was bragging that I got a whole bunch of applications, and now I'm like, oh crap, I got I got a whole bunch of applications. That's that's fantastic advice. Luckily, I got really good tenants in there, and it's been a while, and they're okay. But you're so right that it shouldn't be so many people on the door. It's weeding those out. It's almost like a pre-screening ahead of time. Fantastic tip. I think it's the number one because it's the number one area where you leave money on the
0: table. I mean, if you could rent a unit for 1200 and you rent it at a thousand, it's really hard to make up that two dollars difference. And I think the thing that most people do, I mean, if you're calling yourself a real estate investor, be an investor, really do your research and due diligence on what these units can rent for and don't rely on your realtor or property manager to set those rents for you. They might, you know, a property manager might have a hundred doors they're managing and they might ha- not have a property on your exact street. They might not know the layout of that house or that unit. The realtor might not know anything about the the rents and really just wants to sell you the deal and make their commission. With all due respect to most of them, they may just not know. So I think as an investor, it's our job to do our due diligence and really investigate what we can get our units rented for.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. Now, do you think there are some things that you do to your unit to be able to also command some of that higher rents?
0: Yes. Now, it depends on the type of building and whether it's a single family house, but um i think some of the things that a lot of people are are looking for so storage would probably be one if you can have an in in suite laundry i think more and more people i mean in in our multifamily buildings we steer away from that because we'd like to try and get a little bit more cash flow from having some coin operated machines just renovating the unit so nicer and they don't have to be super expensive but just nice floors a decent coat of paint that looks nice. A decent kitchen, and just not leaving. If you have it visually appealing when people walk in, I mean, think about what it, what a unit it is, right? If they're gonna have they're gonna have their stuff there, but they're also gonna be inviting their friends and family over. They're gonna be having Christmases or dinners or whatever it is, and they just want a nice place to call their home that they can show off to other people. So as long as you're keeping it in a nice state, you're keeping things somewhat updated and renovated. I don't think you need all the bells and whistles that kind of some people might tell you need. Just a nice, decent spot that looks clean.
1: That's fantastic. And those small little things, guys, if you haven't clicked on the website already and bought your ticket for February 21st, that's just like a little tidbit of some information that Ryan's going to be talking about. And really looking forward to that. That's uh, going to be a good time. So, you know, let's talk about like, what's the latest deal that you're working on? Like what, like do you work with joint venture partners? Are you finding things? What are some, what's your current deal that you're working on right now? Well, like I said, so we have five wholesale and flip deals that we're working on in Jam.
0: So one of them we have listed right now in St. Thomas, that's a flip. Another one we have closing on Thursday will be a conversion from a single family house into a duplex that we can then license as a six bedroom student rental in London. We have one wholesale deal closing on the 31st of Jan. And then we have another wholesale deal closing on the 31st of Jan, actually. And then one that we're doing just a quick sort of flip on. It doesn't need a lot of work. And that one's closing on February 1st. So those are kind of the active side. I don't know did you want me to
1: talk about the one that we're looking into right now absolutely i'm excited i'm really excited about that right that's a it's a 12-unit building it's early days but yeah this is a great opportunity yeah yeah
0: yeah so we um and i were coming back actually from from ohio and uh we were passing through windsor and chatham and uh we got a call from the realtor that was listing the property and i know her quite well and she said i think you should come out and check out this building so we walked through Courtney and I walk through a lot of buildings, a lot. Like we probably are walking through one one or two a week. This is one of the nicer buildings I've walked through. It's really sound structurally, well-built, solid concrete, and most of the capital upgrades that you would need, like the roof and the windows and the big ticket items, have all been done. So really our value is going to be, and, and where we're going to see some some money coming in on, on the on the building, is being able to turn over the tenants and push the utilities onto the tenants once we separate the meters. So yeah, I'm pretty excited by it. It's a, it's a really... Uh, Unique building and we, we're partnering with uh, Alfonso and uh, and his partner Adam on it so uh, yeah it should be it Should, be fun, should be a fun ride.
1: Yeah absolutely and that's why I get another thing is talked about the whole networking and I'm trying to even just like remember where we had met and it feels like I've just known you for a long time now right in one of those rooms yeah. and when we're venturing into that space in that multi-unit we have a few that we manage ourselves But our job is to do the rent to owns. We want to find a market expert that knows what they're doing and that we can manage that have system proven systems, right? That you can up those rents, you can get generate more cash flow. And we're, we're happy to partner with somebody that's probably, I would say really greater, one of the best in the space for sure. I
0: don't know about all that, but uh, no. And he's
1: (laughs) humble and he's humble as well.
2: (laughs) So Ryan, you mentioned like splitting utilities. How does that work with the process?
0: Uh, yeah. So if it's, it gets a little complicated, but essentially if your, uh, if your hydro line can support, separating uh, separating individual hydro meters, then you can then push the utility costs onto the tenant because that meter is now assigned to that unit. The, the tricky part becomes that you need to kind of wait for those tenants to turn over, but once they do, then you can start adding that utility. So now instead of having, you know, 700 inclusive, it would be, or 900 inclusive, it would be 800 plus utilities. And it really, on the multifamily side of things, having when your building is based off of income and expenses, any area that you can either add income or decrease expenses increases the amount of equity that your building has in it. So, this is a really good opportunity for us to decrease on the expense side so that uh, we can add some value. So, yeah.
2: That is really cool. I mean, and that's the thing, sometimes you're looking at a building and then the tenant is paying all inclusive and you're like, oh, are the utilities not split? They're like, yeah, they're split. And you said it right there. I think it's because they, they split it. They're waiting for the tenant to move out in order to, to restructure it because in Ontario, we're so limited with our laws and what we can do. <laughs> so Ryan, I'm really excited to hear you speak. And, uh, and you mentioned a little bit of mindset and some different things like that. And that's one of the things that has helped you get to where you are today. Can you briefly talk about that?
0: I'd love to. So I'm a big proponent of investing in yourself. I actually, I know, I don't know if you guys can see it here, but one of the only quotes or posters that I have in my office is from Benjamin Franklin. And it says, if a man empties his purse into his head, nobody can take it away from him An investment in knowledge always pays the best interest. So that's kind of a, a principle that I like to try and run my business by is that I'm constantly looking for ways to invest in my own personal development. And I really believe that that is the reason that we are scaling so quickly and being able to, to do more deals and really scale our, our real estate businesses because Courtney and I are constantly reinvesting back into our own brain and we're constantly reading and going to seminars, getting mentors and asking questions and just always being in the position that, that we don't know. And I think around mm-hmm. the mindset behind that, because those are the actions, but the mindset behind that has to come from a place where you start really being in control of your own thoughts. And I think Alfonso touched on it before, like what were some of those things that triggered us to get started? Something that Courtney and I try and do that, I don't know if any of the listeners, but, and it gets a little bit personal, but you start, we've been actually once a month writing out our own limiting beliefs. So the things that come across in our own head that tell us why we can't do something, why we're not smart enough or why we're not, we don't have enough money or we're too young or whatever those limiting beliefs are that we all tend to have in our own head, we've really been writing those out and trying to come up with a counter to that. So one of the ones that Courtney has is that she's not good at math. Well, that's why we have calculators, right? Like it's, you know, that's a limiting belief that she puts on herself on why sometimes she's limited, when we're now just trying to come up with ways to sort of correct that. And then the more that we do that, the more we control our thoughts and then everything just kind of stays focused on our goals and the positive thoughts and energy that we put around them. So I'm a big proponent of reinvesting back in your own mind. And and I think that that pays huge dividends on your business.
1: Yeah. And you know what, and to add on that, like sometimes we are our own worst enemies, right? Where we're the only ones that are stopping us. There's nothing out there that's stopping us. It's just our own belief to get past it. So, those those things, yeah. Those limiting beliefs can be tough. What uh you mentioned, Courtney's is math, and that's similar to mine. Is I always and make the and yours too. Okay, that's good. All right, so at least okay. So we, we know the Ryan's the math guy here. Uh, I I always make the joke. I c- I can only count to twenty when I'm wearing sandals in the summer. <laughs> yeah, and for and for sure. For other people, it, it's different things. And who who have been some of the the big the best thought leaders or the people the mentors. That have you know maybe that you've got some strategies or some advice from in in that world of kind of getting past those limited beliefs.
0: Yeah, there's quite a few. We've worked with one guy recently, a couple actually. So um, and which is interesting, they're actually U.S. guys. Yeah, one guy's name is Chris Rude. The other one's name is Jerry Green. And the two of them combined, one focuses more on sort of the active sort of flip and wholesale side, and the other one is more on sort of scaling scaling your business and creating and stuff but I think both have really helped us learn how to control and, and manage our own thoughts and the groups that they surround themselves with is very similar to the right club where people are just they're reading and they're they're always searching for that that knowledge and that slight edge and just doing whatever they can to sort of improving it better so I think the more that you can surround yourself with people like that it just it, it feeds off you it's like an energy that that they create and then you just end up you're going to talking like them, or you end up just, just picking up on some of those little nuances. So I think just trying to surround yourself, those people is a good.
2: Great advice. Amazing. Well, I mean, mindset is really important. Some people say the number one thing to being successful in this business. So mindset and taking action.
0: (laughs) I would say in real estate, it's probably the biggest because you're dealing with big numbers. You're dealing with large sums of money and you're dealing with a lot of legal and accounting and numbers. And I think that for a lot of people to get over that hurdle, it starts in their own head. I'm 32. Now there's people that are half my age doing, doing all, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And what's their limiting belief, right? Like if they're 18 to 20 and they're, they're being able to do all kinds of stuff, there's really no excuse that, you know, we have, it's really just the ones that we put in our own head. So, yeah.
2: So the next part of this podcast is our lightning round questions. Everybody gets the okay. same questions. You ready? Yep. Yeah. All right. So question number one, what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking events?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I would probably say that relationships is key and I know it sounds pretty simple and cliche, but the more that we get into this, the more we realize that when we're in a tight jam and we're looking through our Rolodex and who we want to call, man, people that we're seeing face-to-face and the people that we're building relationships with that, that are the ones that are helping us out when we need it. So investing time and energy into those relationships is, it pays huge dividends.
1: Cool. Great answer. All right. So question number two, what is your favorite real estate investing resource? And it could be a book, a podcast, a website. An app. Yeah, an app. Your favorite resource. Well, I have a pretty kick-ass Excel document that pretty well
0: does most of the calculations for me on my deals, which I actually got for free going to another seminar and I probably would have paid a lot of money for this thing and I got it for free. So if anyone's watching this or listening and they want it, listen, I got it for free. So I'm happy to share it for free. It has saved me so much time and money being able to do some of the calculations. It's pretty kick-ass.
1: That's amazing. Really, really generous, too. Thanks, Ryan. Yes, absolutely. We'll
2: add a a section there so people can contact you at the end. So, question number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful?
0: I think, you know, we've had this uh, feedback from a lot of people. Courtney and I are action takers. We don't like sitting on the sidelines and kind of twiddling our our thumbs and waiting for things to happen. We just want to go make it happen. And sometimes we've screwed up and made mistakes, but I think we're usually willing just to kind of jump right in. So... Sometimes it, it hurts us, but I think so far it's, it's been better.
1: Okay, so last question of the lightning round. you got to pay attention okay. to this one here, okay? So, okay. it's Sunday morning. Okay. okay, all right. What are you doing? I am taking Otis for a walk
0: with Courtney, and uh, we, so we just moved to London, and we got this really nice place that backs onto the Thames River here. And we like taking him for a nice long walk on Sunday mornings on the river. It's wicked. It's nice to right it move from everything. Yeah, that's that's definitely
1: our go-to spot Sunday morning. Right on. And you know what? You're definitely sounding like a local Londonite now because you called it the Thames. <laughs> I, when I first started going out to London, I called it the Fames, Thames. Thames. What are you talking about? So yeah, you've adapted really quickly. Yeah.
2: Awesome. So Ryan, if people wanted to reach out, where are they can they reach out to?
0: They can reach out to me by email. It's uh, Ryan at DCI, so Delta Charlie India Properties dot CA, property with uh, plural IES. Or uh, they can give me a call, four one six five five six nine two two one. And uh, yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, any final words of advice? Any last tips that you'd like to let the listeners know, the Right Club Nation?
0: Going out to these events is great for building your network. And I would continue to go out if you are. I, I'm sad that I'm not able to come out as often as we used to. Now that we are in London, it's a two-hour trek for us. But definitely stay close to these guys and, and keep keep investing in yourself. Because going out to these events, while sometimes it can feel it's a Wednesday night, maybe you have some other stuff going on, you're really going there to invest in your own brain. And and by doing that and reading books and continually developing, it's only going to pay huge dividends in your, in your future. So it seems like you guys got a great crowd with great turnouts and I'm really excited for you guys. I mean, I came out when there was 50 people, 60 people, and you guys are up to like 120, 140 people and lots of exciting speakers. And it's it's awesome. You guys have created a really unique opportunity for people to connect. and, And I'm very appreciative of it because it's allowed Courtney and I to form relationships with great people that we didn't have before so thank you for that and uh, i hope that people that are coming out and your listeners are taking full advantage of it
1: listen ryan yeah you definitely embody who we want to attract and the type of people that come to the right club and thank you so much and we're really looking forward to the 21st guys get your tickets and ryan hey courtney hey courtney (laughs) how's it going all right we'll see you on the 21st ryan thanks a lot
2: thanks ryan for being on the show
1: bye wow what an awesome interview with ryan man he is just like, full of knowledge. I think we could have, like, recorded, like, maybe, like, two straight days of that kind of stuff, right? That was awesome.
2: I know, and then his wife, Courtney, came. I'm like, oh, we should talk to you as well.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. We definitely have to have her back on the podcast. From the sounds of it, yeah, definitely had, uh, they're, like, a dynamic team that they basically complement each other really well, and you do need one and the other, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot easier if you're a couple and you're both on the same page and striving for the same goals. And if not, you know, that's okay. And not everybody is going to be always on the same page, but it's nice to see that they're really making it work and growing together. And so it's really inspiring.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? He, he does have, you know, really high praise for the Right Club. And we're so excited to have him out on the 21st. And he's going to be speaking to the group, to the Right Club Nation. And, and yeah, just sharing so much information. And that's what we really are, the Right Club, is we want to be the right people that you work with, right? Share those different experiences. Learn from each other. There's people that are out there doing it that, whether it's the Burr strategy like yourself, Sarah, Ryan's doing the multi stuff, rent-to-own deals are coming in all types of places. There's the commercial, there's Airbnb, there's there's people out there doing all little different types of things, grasping a little knowledge that in a million lifetimes, we'll never be able to obtain just ourselves, but learning from these other people. And the group is going to be awesome on February 21st. It's going to be full of buzz with Ryan speaking about the multi. I know a lot of people in this space that are buying properties, forcing appreciation, getting cash flow out of it. But uh, guys, if you liked the podcast and you think we deserve it, go and review it. Let us know what you think. If you want to be a guest on it, let us know. Reach out. Talk to us at one of the live events as well too. Yeah, Sarah, anything else you wanted to add?
2: If you guys want to reach out to us, just email us at therightclub.com. So mine is Sarah at therightclub.com, Alfonso at therightclub.com, or you can just go to therightclub.com's website and reach out to us there. But we love to hear from you, any suggestions, any questions. I mean, we're all here to help one another, and that's really why we do these podcasts. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening, and see you next week.
1: All right. Have a good one, guys.